The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. And Making Your Home Great always features experts in their field. And I think the show just gives people an opportunity, as I said on our weekly promotional announcement, to get the character of people, to get them talking. And you find out whether they're, well, quite frankly, you find out whether they're a positive person or not. Yeah, whether or not they can stand behind their work, if yep. they know what they're talking about. I mean, being able to ask questions of contractors will normally point you in the right direction if that contractor is going to be good for you. And we've had people who are in the studio who off the air said, yeah, don't ask me about this thing. Right? Don't ask me about right. this thing. You know, it's a, it's a fine. I, it, no big deal. It just wasn't their area of expertise. But if you've got a plumber on this show, you want to ask a specific plumbing question. You can you can do that. Today, it's just me and Brock Emmons from Triangle Radiant Barrier. We're going to talk about insulation the first part. Well, you know, it, it's getting to that time of year. A um, lot of customers have been reaching out to us just trying to find out what type of options they have when it comes to insulation. Yeah. You know, not just insulation in the attic, insulation under the house, insulation and in outside-facing walls. All right. You told me something that I didn't know and still going to question you about. Because I haven't looked underneath my house in a long time, mm-hmm. but I have that batted insulation, which is the rolled insulation. That's right. I think I remember you telling me that that's not a permanent installation underneath your house well, for a lot of people anyway. Yeah, it, it, permanent. It, it, like any insulation, it's eventually going to come down and fall down. That's the reason we have customers that reach out to us. Hey, the insulation's falling down in the crawl space. What do I do? Do I need to get that pulled out and replaced? Um, there's a lot of different options, and that's just you know from the crawl space standpoint. Right. Uh, but batted insulation, it, it's a common misconception. A lot of people are under the impression, hey, the insulation's falling in my uh, crawl space. Yeah. I'm concerned my floors are not insulated properly. Okay. Can you come out here and, and re-insulate the subfloor? Okay, so that rollout insulation, that batted insulation you were just talking about. Yeah. Let's say, for example, we built uh, a little garage in your backyard. Yes. And we insulated it with really thick batted insulation. Then we put the drywall up. Yeah. On a really cold day, let's say it's 20 degrees outside. If you walk into that garage, it's going to be 20 degrees in that garage. You're still going to be able to see, see your breath. Okay. All right. The the way that insulation is designed to work is to retain and block heat. That makes sense. So if you take that same garage and plug in a little space heater, yeah, all that insulation is going to retain that heat. It's going to make it a lot warmer in there. That's what the insulation is for. Yes. So that gets us back to the crawl space. Why is that batted insulation in the crawl space? Is it ever really hot in the crawl space? I don't think so. No, no. Normally, the hottest cool. crawl space I've seen is about 83, 84, 85 degrees. That's yeah. not super hot. So you're not getting a lot of heat rising up into your home from underneath your house. So why is the batted insulation there? If cold air moves through it like it's not even there. Right. Okay. Batted insulation in your subfloor is designed to protect your subfloor from growth. Mold does not grow in batted insulation. 
Now, it has been seen growing on the paper on the back of the batted insulation, yeah. but it doesn't grow in insulation itself. It's not an organic source. It can't feed off of it. Okay, so yeah. if you have insulation in your crawl space actually in contact with your subfloor, you're protecting your subfloor from growth. That's the reason the insulation is in the crawl space. It's got nothing to do with the cold crawl space in winter walking across a linoleum and No, the more you really. the more you read into insulation, the more you realize foam is the only insulation in the world that stops cold air movement. Okay. okay. If we take that same garage we just built in your backyard and yeah. we do two inches of foam in it, on All a right. twenty degree day it's gonna be about forty five, fifty five, sixty degrees in that garage. It actually stops and prevents cold air from moving through it. Batted and blown in insulation do not. Okay, it's buoyant. It's full of air. So cold air passes right through it like it's not there. That stuff is designed to retain heat. Yeah. So if you have your heater on in your house, sure. it stays nice and warm. As your insulation depletes, your house becomes cooler. You have to go in and blow in more insulation. The, the point that I'm trying to bring up is when it comes to insulation, there are tons of insulations out there. They all do different things. And if you're going to spend the money, whether it's in your crawl space or in your attic space, do it once. Don't put something in there that's going to start falling down right. five, ten years down the road, and you have to pay more money to have it done again. Okay, so when I do eventually get to the point of calling up Triangle Radiant Barrier, pretend, you know, disguising my voice and asking <laughs> for somebody to come out and take a look at my house, I want, I don't want batted insulation. To replace my battered insulation that's falling? If you're going to leave the crawl space ventilated, if you do not plan on doing anything in the crawl space to help the environment, i.e. air induction or a dehumidifier. Right. Okay, if you're not doing that, you leave it ventilated, you do want batted insulation in your subfloor. Again, that is what's going to protect the floor from mold growth. Okay. Now, if you hook up a dehumidifier... And you put foam on the walls, you yeah. can pull all of the insulation out and leave it out permanently. Really? Mm-hmm. Per code. I just saved myself some money. Yes, you did. You're not. Do- I'm not doing anything. I'm pulling it down, which I, you know, I get your get your guys out there. It's not gonna not gonna cost me a whole lot to get them to drag that stuff out. No, it's not. And if you're gonna if you're trying to put if you're trying to think about it mathematically, if yeah. you're gonna have to spend the money to pull all that insulation out and then replace it. Right. Just spend that money on putting foam on the walls, and now you can leave that insulation out. I see he's already talking like Alexander is what he's doing. <laughs> Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier already understands that I'm at a price point, okay? <laughs> and I'll be surprised. At, I'm surprised, honestly, constantly by everybody who comes into my house. Is that right? And says, you know, yeah, we can, we can put your countertops on. It'll be $2,500, you know. That's it. I'll be like, you're kidding. <laughs> You're bloody well kidding. That's two, three months of mortgage. That's right. That's that's a lot of money. Well, all right. So, yes, I can leave that batted insulation off. If I put foam, or you put foam, because I'm not doing it, foam on the sides, that short wall, mm-hmm. in the crawl space. Yeah, you can either do that with a spray foam or, or something referred to as a rigid foam board. The reason that's important is for the same reason we were kind of discussing in the first part of the show. Yeah. That actually prevents cold air from passing through it. 
So if you okay. seal all of the outside walls of your crawl space with foam, yeah. it stays between 50 and 70 degrees in your crawl space year-round. That's just the heat, the that's, heat that's leaking from my floor. Uh, either the heat that's leaking from the – well, there's no cold air getting in. Okay. So there's there's no cold air from outside getting into the crawl space. It's surrounded with foam. It's like a styrofoam cup with ice water in it. Yeah. Right? It's not freezing your hand. Right. It actually st- keeps a lot of that cold air from moving through the cup to your hand. That's what foam is really good for. Okay. So if you insulate all the outside walls with foam, the insulation in the crawl space is irrelevant. You can pull all of that stuff out. It's no longer an environment conducive to mold. Right. And you've insulated all the walls with the foam on the outside, so it's not necessary. And I'm doing a dehumidifier. I always recommend a dehumidifier. There are a lot of people out there that say, oh, you you know, you can achieve this without one, or you can do this. or do. It doesn't work. Right. I, I put a sensor in every crawl space we seal, whether there's a dehu or not. So we get a lot of data, and they just, that's the best way to go. All right. So I foamed, I got the foam up put a dehumidifier in, I've taken down, or you have, the insulation that's fallen down. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's falling down. It's a 22-year-old house. I'll bet you expect to see some falling down. Depends on how it was installed. Most most people, uh, especially a while back, they, they kind of push the insulation in between the floor joist, and yes. they use these little metal uh, insulation hangers to hold them up there. Yeah. Well, if you do them every six to eight inches, they're probably still up there. Okay. If they're doing it every 12 to 16 inches, you have these huge gaps between the, the hangers, and yeah. now insulation is sagging down. So okay. a lot of it has to do with how it was previously installed. Is it moisture that's ruining that insulation? Typically, um, if there's enough moisture in the air, it absorbs a lot of that moisture. It's kind of like damp insulation. I I find a lot of damp insulation in crawl spaces. And at that point, it just loses its buoyancy and it starts falling down. So I did the foam. I got the dehumidifier. Mm -hmm. What do I do on the floor? Which right now I can tell you that I can see the dirt and there's areas that are not covered with the plastic. Yeah, about 60 to 75% of the moisture and humidity in your crawl space is, is directly a direct correlation with, with the earth, the dirt underneath yeah. your house. Um, there are a bunch of different types of plastics that you can put down, 6 mil, 10 mil, 12 mil, all the way up to 20 mil. Um, the thickness of the material really is going to impact how well it performs in the crawl space. Okay. I'm normally, uh, I recommend to customers, 10 mil is probably the the lowest you want to go. Uh, six mil is just not overly effective. Again, we put sensors in a lot of our crawl spaces, so we monitor temperature and humidity yeah. in every crawl space we do. So we've done a lot of six mil. They never perform half as well as the 10. Uh, and most of the time, the, the gap in pricing is, is negligible. It's not that huge. See, this is the thing. This is the thing about builder quality mm-hmm. that frustrates me, that so many things that were originally put in my house we're okay. Yeah, that's good. You'd look at it and say, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. That's all right. But they're not what you would put in your own home. I know that because I, I, I get you guys in here. I get contractors in here all the time. And we find out that they're building a house, right? Right. Or they're putting in this. Or, yeah, you know, we're renovating a room. And they put the best stuff they can get. Depends on yeah, it, it definitely depends on what we're we're talking about. Builders and and contractors, we we don't normally like to do things more than once. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, 
do you know work with longevity here okay i want to do this once i want this to last as long as possible so most of the time builders or or contractors are doing things like flooring or countertops or a new air conditioning system they're not buying the cheapest one on the lot they're going for the good one the one they know that's going to hold value and and going to last the the lifetime of the home i wish we could convince builders to put in trim that is really good, right. even on their lower end houses. It would be nice. You know, there's the the uh, molding. I uh, the molding in my house, the cabinetry was put together beautifully. It's real wood. Well, it's a veneer. Okay. But the, the you well, you got two pieces of veneer coming together. They put not a piece of wood, not a half round or three quarter round mm-hmm. or whatever it is. You've got a piece of cardboard with a picture of wood on it, right? Right. And it's nailed, but it's nailed through the veneer, and it's just just cheap. I noticed it the first time when we did the floor because I pulled all those pieces off, and I looked at it, and I said, this hasn't been been wood ever. (laughs) This has been a piece of cardboard there. How much is the piece of wood more expensive than the cardboard? I don't know. Somebody figured it out, and it cost me $500 on the house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, we we did several home flips, okay, where we purchased yeah. properties, renovated them, you know, gutted them down, tore the drywall down, redid everything, and, yeah. and resold them. Learned a lot of things when you're doing something like that. Because for me, I want to do high-end everything. Sure. Right? Perfect wood, great yes. wood floors, yes. wood, you know, uh, uh, cabinets, you know, high-end granite countertops. Yeah. When we did that, when we made the house as excellent as it could, our margin for resale was substantially lower <laughs> than had I gone in and just done the wood with the, the paper facing. Okay. Right? So it All looks right. like wood. So it also depends who was doing the house. If you're buying a flip property... Yes. Make sure to get an inspector that either you trust or someone you know trusts that can go over there and look at that because it might look great today. Right. Because it was just done. But the materials they used might start falling apart a year down the road. You want to get those answers. All right. Let me tell you, this is what we're going to do. We're going to give away something from High Park Bar and Grill in just a little bit. We're also going to weave this show wherever you want to. Brock's got experience in roofing. He's obviously, we've talked about insulation. We've talked about insulation and underneath the house in the crawl space. Go everywhere with your question, either about insulation or about what this is called, this radiant barrier material. Well, and I was a GC for many years, so any home improvement questions our callers have, please feel free to give us a call. All right. That's on this show. Our telephone number now, this is not the announcement of the free giveaway. I'm just giving you the number. Write it down now. We'll we'll tell you when to call in just a moment. 919-860-9783. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great. All right, here we go. This is Making Your Home Great. And the next caller with a question to Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier will win a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Call us with your home improvement question right now, 919-860-9783. It's just Brock today, and I want to tell you, 
that part of the reason that's true, okay, it's the second day of the year. You didn't run anybody off, did you? I didn't run anybody off. That's and in good. fact, the only reason that some people are saying, yeah, making your home great, yeah, I love coming on that show, we are so busy. Yeah. The industry is flipped around from the rest of the world. It's very strange. I mean, we've we've talked about it on the show many times this year, since February. I mean, we've all been kind of in this rut since yeah. the first part of the year. You know, we, we had a month where we were slow there in February. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we panicked like everybody. We weren't really sure what was on the horizon. We didn't know how to move forward. Right. Luckily, my business partner is a very intelligent man, and he said, you know what? Let's start doing uh, Zoom estimates right okay we'll come out and inspect it the customer stays in the house Mm -hmm. when we're done we'll do a zoom meeting we can show them photos show them different options uh you know i I, i'm not a computer guy Mm -hmm. i've worked with my hands my whole life so for me i was i was also panicked Uh, but it worked out really well and if anything we've we've probably tripled in size this year in covid It's, it's just been weird been a weird year for contractors all right folks who have in their hot little hands a 600 or 1200 bonus because i'll tell you i've got family members they already got they got their money if you you if you're on friendly terms with the irs and you file electronically check your bank account you might already have gotten it consider some of the people who we work with here on making your home great. Lisa, how are you? Yes, I'm just great today. How are you guys? Lisa, I'm going to be very picky at this point. You're going to have to come up with a really good question for Brock. Are you prepared? Prepared. All right. Lisa, what's up? What's your question? So last year we had a new roof put on our home. Yes. And they took out the fan, the exhaust fan for heat, and put in ridge vents. Yes. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, ma'am. So, and our 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 attic space is a walk up, um, you know, with a staircase that could be it was plumbed for um, a room with a bathroom. Sure, there. sure. But it's unfinished at this point. So, there's no insulation in that part of the house on the you know, on the ceiling in there, that the, which is actually the roof. Which between which is for storage and you know the top of the of the roof are you describing the attic yes yeah she's so when you stick your head up in the attic you're looking up and you're seeing no insulation no okay it's just uh um it's you know it's it built so that it you know you can walk around there it's a staircase yeah, it's a, it's exactly. an un, unfinished attic space. So yeah, I, exactly. and and my apologies, your phone is kind of breaking up. We're catching about every third word. But. And Lisa, I'm going to put you on hold. We haven't given up on you. We just want you to just hang on and listen to them more clearly on hold. Okay. Okay. So uh, what she's referring to is they pulled uh, an exhaust fan out of her roof and they replaced it with what's referred to as a ridge vent. Right. Uh, there's a bunch of different companies that make ridge vent. GAF, for example, makes something called a Cobra 3, right? So a ridge vent actually sits on the peak of your roof. Right. It, it uses basic physics, okay? Heat rises. Again, we, you know, pretty sure I read that somewhere, but 
You know, yeah, he, it does. He yeah. rises to the no. tallest point in the attic. Right. Well, if they cut the peak of the roof off and you put a dome cover on top of it, those are called ridge vents. Right. It allows all the heat when it reaches the tallest point to kind of siphon out the attic. Right. Now, those work really, really well as long as you have good soffit vents. Right. Okay, that ridge vent is pulling air through the soffits, through the attic, to the ridge vent. So if you do not have good soffit vents, the ridge vent does not work very well. This is why when you sit on your porch and you look up, it looks like a cheese grater. Yeah. You've got holes in a piece of metal. Right, just inside your gutter, between your gutter and your house. They right. call that your, your soffit. And as long as you have soffit vents... Uh, feeding air into the attic. The ridge vent, in my opinion, is the best ventilation. There's nothing to break. Okay, right. The problem with a lot of those fans is they use moving parts. They rust over time. Uh, there, there's no moving components on a ridge vent. It just uses natural physics to get uh, heat out of the attic, and it works very well in addition to soffit vents and or gable vents. Okay. All right. I'm going to pick up with Lisa Lisa, first of all, I want you to uh, I want to thank you for your service uh, to the country. Lisa is currently on the International Space Station representing the United States of America. Thank you, Lisa. And just just did he answer your question? Well, my question was what kind of insulation should be there on on your rafters, uh, actually underneath your roof. So yeah. Yeah. unfortunately, there is no code for insulation under your rafters. That's considered an upgrade. Uh, so you can insulate your rafters, which would cool the attic off substantially. Uh, but there is no code for insulation under the rafters. So if it's missing, that just means nobody has put it up there yet. Lisa, thank you very much. You've won a $25 gift certificate from High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner, daily food and drink specials. Hold on the line. Don't hang up. Uh, they've got fried chicken, prime rib, the $6 burger on Fridays, and a lot more indoor and outdoor seating at 625 East Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, This Lisa. is making your home great. This is Making Your Home Great. Hey, we're a hit show. People want to be on the show. Lisa, I'm going to pick up with you in just a moment. Lisa is our winner, of course, uh, from High Park Bar and Grills. You're going to, you're going to get the, uh, uh, get the uh, gift certificate, $25. Lisa, we think we've got you. Fig- okay, I managed to hang up on her. Lisa wants to know what kind of insulation and how much should she spend maybe? Right. So if, if she's concerned with insulating underneath her rafters, um, there, are, there are really a, a couple of questions that I would ask. So the first of which is, are you planning on finishing that attic and turning it into living space? Okay. If you were planning to finish that attic and turn it into living space, I recommend a high-density foam, um, mainly for a few reasons. You can foam it and leave it for now, come back five years from now, put up the drywall, and it, it will pass code. It's a finished insulation. Okay. If you are not planning to finish that attic space and you just want to leave it as exposed storage space, I highly, highly, highly recommend Radiant Barrier. It's going to be about a third of the cost of the foam. It will perform almost as well as the foam, but it does okay. not pass code to then hang drywall and finish the space. Uh-huh. So 
uh, right. question one is are we going to leave this and uh, keep this living space or or leave this as uh, attic space and that that should point you in the right direction all right Paige, welcome to the program how you doing today i'm doing great Hope good you guys are yeah we are what's up so to follow up with your your last comment the um the high density foam yes sir insulation uh Basically, I have an attic. The only insulation is on the on the uh, kind of walk-in attic. Mm-hmm. Is on the the ceiling of the the floor I'm standing on, if you will. Right? Yes, sir. It's, it's on sure. the bottom. And so, I would. I'm very interested in having the high density foam because I'd like to be able to have storage space that is um, not going through the extremes of the heat mm-hmm. and, the, and the cold, more so the heat. But um, tell me the difference in, in the, other than the drywall, the foam and the, uh, the barrier, because does the barrier enclose the space? Because I think the foam does enclose the space. Yeah, Is that the, correct? You're correct. So high-density foam... What high-density foam means is there's a better R value per square inch. So if you were planning on, let's say, for example, you wanted to turn your attic into living space, but your roof joists are 2 by 8s Those are only a depth of about a 7 and a quarter. I know they're called 2 by 8s but if you actually put a tape measure on them, it's about a 7 and a quarter. Yeah. All right, well, per code, you have to have R30 if you do a foam. Well, a high-density foam, you can achieve R30 at 7 inches of depth. A normal foam, it's closer to 9. So that means you would have to fur out all the rafters in the attic to get the required depth to then be able to drywall. So to answer your question, I know that's a long-winded response. If you are not planning on finishing your attic, you do not need a high-density foam. You can use a normal foam. Because they can shoot overspray past the rafters. You're not planning on actually hanging any drywall. But if you are not planning on turning that into living space, there's a reason that I recommend the radiant barrier. Radiant barrier, what, when you're doing uh, attic insulation, are you really concerned with the winter or are you really more concerned with the summer? Well, I'd probably be more concerned with the summer. Okay. So... In the summer, the reason your attic is so hot is because of radiant heat. Radiant heat radiates through the rafters, through mm-hmm. the, the the deck, into your attic, and then it sits in your attic, making it just hotter and hotter and hotter as the day goes on. Radiant barrier is designed to stop radiant heat. So in my experience, on a 95-degree day, it's normally about 135 to 140 in the attic. You can go up there with a laser temp gun and check it this spring just to see if I'm telling you the truth. It'll, it'll catch you off guard. It gets hot up in the attic. Yeah. The radiant barrier will cut that down about 30 to 40 degrees. A spray foam is going to cut that down about 40 to 50 degrees. The spray yeah. foam is going to be three times the cost of the radiant barrier. Right. So you, you have several options. Um, but I'm an ROI guy. Everything I do is, is you know, cost has something to do with it. Uh, so if I can get virtually the same impact for three times less money, that's normally the direction I, I head into. Right. What do you think, Paige? Is it reflecting the heat back out? It is. So it works better if you have a ridge vent. If you have a ridge vent, 
Um, we normally install a radiant barrier from roof truss to truss. So we're building about a six inch air pocket behind the material. And then your soffit air, we run it all the way down to the soffit. So the soffit air pushes air behind the material all the way up to the ridge vent and then it just siphons out the roof. It's actually a very efficient system. Okay. Does that make any sense? Yes. Yes, it does. Well, and I recommend if you jump onto our website at triangleradiantbarrier.com, we've got a bunch of photos of uh, rafter installs, and if you look really closely, you can kind of see how we install it and why we install it that way. Paige, thank you. Mary, welcome to Making Your Home Great. How you doing, Mary? Doing great. Good. What's up? Uh... Do you, can you tell me how is a safe way to remove green moss that is growing on the top of the shingles on the house? We had oak limbs cut off of a tree this past summer, and when they removed the limbs, there is just layers of thick green moss, and uh, who... Who does that type of work, and and what is a safe thing to do to not ruin the shingles? Uh, That is an excellent question. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we had somebody on the show, I believe it was with Shine, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, probably was. That does the the roof chemical clean. You're right. I believe it was. Um, There is a a company that actually comes on the show, Mm -hmm. um, and they're able to come out to the home and spray a chemical blend on the shingles, which will kill off the moss. Now, as um, Holly with RoofWorks mentioned a a couple of weeks ago when she came on the show, unfortunately, that's not a permanent solution. Once uh, moss, along with other Uh, fungal growth start on the shingles you can for the most part remove them with chemicals but unfortunately it it leaves the uh, the roof unprotected uh, and those that type of stuff and that type of growth can come back Um, I I, I wish there was a better answer than that they do make chemicals that can kill them off but again studies have shown that it doesn't actually prevent it from coming back so it's not a a permanent long-term solution Mary, how old is your roof? Uh, it's probably, and this is just a guess, Yeah. Uh, maybe 12 or 14 years old. Well, it should have plenty of life. Well, yeah. yeah it's not, it's not, uh, it, it's in good condition. You're I'm counting thinking. on another decade. <laughs> you're at, hoping, at least, hoping for it, least. yeah. Um. Uh, I have talked to somebody to power wash it, and he recommends not to power wash Correct. shingles right. because that can do da- actual damage to the, you know. It can. It can remove the granules on the shingle and, and unfortunately can leave your roof in, a, in an awkward position of exposure, uh, which is why, you know, we dry ice blasts. That's how we kill mold. Right. And I'd love to be able to go up there and dry ice blasts, but for the same reason— it comes out, it's very abrasive. Sure. And, and it, it'll come out with enough pressure that it would end up causing, I'm afraid, more damage than it would solve. Mary, let me give you the telephone number for Shine. Okay. And then, uh, and, and I'm also going to go quickly to um, RoofWorks website and get you some information for them because you may want to call both of these companies and discuss this because this sounds like something you, you want to be, you want to get it right the first time. 
Right. Shine's number is 919-634-6548. Now, it's going to take me a moment to just go to RoofWorks. Okay. Uh, It's funny. I know I'm looking at it, and I'm not seeing it. Oh, there it is. It's on our website page. You go to WPTF.com and then click on Podcasts. Uh, uh-huh. You get you get up to us, but I'm gonna. I've clicked on RoofWorks since we're running the computer in the studio on Windows 3.1. It might take a minute. Here's okay. the number for RoofWorks: 919-852-2660. Make sure to tell them that you heard us on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they will take great care of you. Okay. Uh, and I think the power washer was very honest in telling me that uh, he, even though he would power wash them, but he said it, it just won't do. I it, agree. It, it sounded like that was a, a, a good, honest guy. A lot of them would not have told you that. They'd have charged you to get up there and do yep. it and then disappeared, and now you're left with maybe even a, a roof leak in the next rainstorm. You think they would have uh, climbed up on the roof, or would they have done that from the ground on a ladder? <laughs> I don't know. Here's that the thing. I'm not sure. Here's the thing, Mary. Here's the thing. If you set a pressure washer blasting at an angle, like from a tall ladder. Yeah, you can get up underneath the shingles. Get up underneath it. It'd be like a windstorm. It'd be like a hurricane. Yes. And it would be bad. Yeah. Mary, good luck. Thank you for the call, Mary. Thank you much. All right. Take care. This is making your home great. I'll tell you what. I had a couple of people call in, and I'm grateful for them, including Mary. They can call in again. They can. Yeah. Or we can get brand Whoever's new folks. first. It, it doesn't matter to us, honestly. I mean, we want you all to win, but I've I got a limited number here. The next caller with a question to our expert, Brock Emmons, will win a $25 gift certificate to High Park Bar and Grill, Whitaker Mill Road in Raleigh. Here is the number, 919-860-9783. Call that number, 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three. Forty five minutes into the show, we've talked about exactly one, one half one, or yeah. maybe two thirds of your company. We didn't talk much directly about the radiant Barry, although you gave advice. Well, yeah, we can talk about that coming off the break. The radiant barrier material looks like what they wrap around everybody on television shows when the Coast Guard pulls them in. Yeah, it looks like tin foil, which it, is why most people have weird reactions. They're like, oh, I'm going to put foil in my attic. It's going to make it hotter. No, no. If it was foil, it would make it hotter. Okay. Now, this is a different type of material. Um, think about how did we get to the moon first? Did we insulate our space shuttle with batted R-19 insulation? We did. We did. And yeah. we furred it out. Yeah, every, we furred everything right, out. Right. Was, right. Did, we did had we, to make it deeper than the Apollo astronauts uh, designed vehicle. Did we use flammable spray foam to I don't insulate think we did. the space shuttle? <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure we did. No, it's all insulated with radiant barrier. NASA really? is the one that invented radiant barrier at a Team Wright Labs. Uh, yeah. and, and they figured out reflecting heat is more efficient than absorbing it. And that is how R-rated insulation works. It absorbs heat. It really is called R-rated insulation? Yeah, like R15, R20, R19, yeah, resistance rating. I was thinking something else, but if you say it's R-rated, that's fine. It's a (laughs) family-friendly show. As soon as as we get this next caller on, we'll take a break. But congratulations. I think it's uh, 
I think I'm just going to pick up the line. Yeah. We're going to wing it. Let's wing it. Here's it. Well, here's the thing. I think we're having a spell your name contest in the other room. And hi, welcome to the show. You're on Making Your Home Great. Who is this? Uh, This is Vasan. Yes, I'm having a hard time. The same problem that we were having in the other room. Could you spell your name for me? V A S A N. V A S A N. Vasan, how are Vassan. you doing? Vasan. Vasan. Uh, every Charles, Dick, and Harry is going to be named Vasan <laughs> in the triangle in the next century. So, Vasan, oh, what I'm... can I do? What can I do for you? What can we do for you? I am installing a uh, radiant barrier in my attic. Yes. So, thinking of installing a radiant barrier, I want to put a foam board and and seal that. But my question is, if I completely seal my attic, it's right now vented, I'm going to make it unvented, right? So, do I have to... Uh, how would the vapor, I mean, the moisture that would get into the attic, how would it go out? Excellent, excellent question. Vasan, are you thinking of this as a do-it-yourself project? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. It is an excellent question, and I have this conversation all the time. So you, you do not want to put a foam board in your attic, okay? A foam board is a closed-cell foam. So you are correct. It is not going to ventilate properly, and you could get moisture issues. You could also find mold growing on the drywall inside the house. If you're going to insulate the attic, you use an open-cell foam, okay? An open-cell foam is going to allow it to breathe. That way, moisture and humidity are still able to pass through the foam while it's keeping out heat and cold air. What does that look like? Well, it's a spray foam. Okay. So an open cell foam means you're you're either having to purchase all of the foam kit or doing uh, do it yourself foam kit, uh, which are referred to as froth packs. Those are about four hundred dollars, and you can do about one hundred and eighty square feet at two inches of depth. Okay, they're you know that's foam's expensive. Yeah, very yeah. very expensive, but it is very effective. Vasan, I want to congratulate you. You have won a $25 gift certificate for High Park Bar and Grill, the place for lunch and dinner with daily food and drink specials, including the chicken prime rib and Vasan $6 burgers on Fridays. I haven't done the math, but I think you can buy two or three. (laughs) Indoor and outdoor seating available, 625 East Whittakerville Road in Raleigh. Remember to tip as if you paid the $25 from your pocket. Right? That's yeah, a, holiday season. Always, always, always even if you, you, know, you just tip like, tip like crazy, folks. They need our help right now. Tip, tip, like, tip, tip. Yeah. Vasan, yeah. I'm going to ask you to hold on, and my fellow on the other side of the room is going to get your all the contact details. Okay. Thank you, Vasan. All right. Appreciate it. Excellent question. He's doing it himself you know these these froth kits are not difficult okay you can go down and buy a froth kit for like i said about four hundred dollars the problem with spray foam is it's two chemicals that you mix together and then you have to spray it yeah so our equipment for example is you know a hundred thousand dollars but we're able to do large quantities you don't want to spend that kind of money if you're doing a a do-it-yourself project is it the kind of thing where you mix the two and then you got to use it right then 
You got to use it right then. That is 100% correct. Which no is lunch why, break. Which is why we have minimums in our company. If you want to do spray foam, it has to be 1,000 square feet. Because once we mix the foam, yeah. you have to spray all of it or it goes to waste. Right. So there, there typically is a minimum. These froth kits... They're about three, four hundred dollars. They're already mixed together in a pressure sealed. You got these one of these little hoses that you're able to spray with it. Make sure you get a mask that has the cartridges, covers your face, not right. these painter masks. No, Don't no, use no. a painter mask. Um, right. But it is it is a DIY project, and they're not difficult. It's not difficult to do. It's just tedious. So yeah. if you if you have the knowledge and you want to do something like that, I think it's great. It really is. If you get it on your hands. That's pretty will tough. Will it stay on your hands? Yeah, forever. You're, it's going to be there forever. No, you, you're able to use like a nail polish remover. Yeah. And it comes off like it wasn't even there. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm checking for Vasan. I'm concerned about it. Yeah. That he's mixing these two chemicals. All right. That's no, good. It's pre-mixed. All you got to do is start spraying. You can do about 180 square feet at two inches of depth for four, for $400. This is making your home great. Usually, we have additional folks in the studio, but it's a good thing that we had Brock here to, from Triangle Radiant Barrier to talk about these things, and there's significant interest. If you have either a question about insulating your home or about your crawl space, everything under the home, go ahead and call. Now, I don't have anything for you other than an answer, perhaps from Brock. 919-860-9783, making your home great. This is Making Your Home Great. I'm Dave Alexander. He is Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And, of course, you can go to triangleradiantbarrier.com for some wonderful pictures of the stuff you do. It's true. All of that is true. When you guys are done with – I've seen pictures on the website with uh, Crawl Space – it's a bigger crawl space than my house has, mm-hmm. you know, taller. And if you didn't know that it was foam, you would assume that it was drywall mm-hmm. because you finished it off and it looks like a room. Uh, yeah. When we're done with it, um, the, you know, the photos on our website are not yeah. stuff we pulled off of other websites. Those, right. are, those are photos of crawl spaces. We just went in there and did the work, took a photo and left. All right. We talked about ventilation in the attic or in the bonus room and things like that where you know you're getting a lot of heat in the upper part of your house Mm -hmm. and you you, you've got the opportunity to choose different ways to vent it usually because in a bonus room you got got nothing Mm i the previous owner of my home put in a vent with a fan in your the, gable in the gable mm-hmm. right which is you know just the side of the house is this square mm-hmm. with a fan and little flaps you know the i see the flaps are open on in the summertime sure and i hear the the humming motor mm-hmm. i also have a ridge vent right was that overkill yeah I mean, they're they're kind of counterproductive when you have both um it, it's kind of like um drinking water through your straw if there's a hole in the straw yeah it's a lot different than if there's not one yes so your ridge vent is pulling air from your soffit vents through your attic through the ridge right your gable fan is pulling air through the soffits and then through the gable fan so it's stirring up a lot of the air it's not able to rise properly in most cases you don't need the combination of the two one or the other is is going to be just fine 
And the Ridge event, for folks who have a bonus a bonus room, and you say, well, I'll just finish it off. Mm-hmm. I know what to do. I'll just put some insulation in there. Right. I had to put, when I did this, probably 10 years ago, I had to put a channel. A It was foam construction. Right. But what it was was shaped to allow the air to go from the soffit to the ridge vent, which is in the top of the roof. Baffles. The baffles. Correct. That's what it was. I was confused by that. I didn't know what to call them. Yeah. They were baffles. That's it. Well, if we blow in insulation and we yeah. cover your soffit vents, there's yeah. no air that gets past the insulation into the attic. So right. those baffles is a wind channel just to make sure that that air makes it through the insulation and is able to carry up all the way through the attic. All right. You've got about 30 seconds. You guys hiring? We are. So for our listeners out there, uh, we are looking for installers. We're, we're looking for guys to drive our trucks and trailers. Um, we are an excellent company to get to work with. Most yeah. of our staff has been with us for quite some time. So if you're handy uh, with tools and you're looking to maybe make a career change, we are definitely looking to bring in new people and, and help with training. That's Brock Emmons, TriangleRadiantBarrier.com. Take care. See you next week.